Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hacks Season 3, Episode 4, as we go through some of the weekly comic books and talk about some of the nerdy news and nerdy topics uh, with my two favorite Marvel Hacks. On the line tonight is Marvel Hack number one. It's the Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. Konnichiwa, people. It's Marvel Hack time again. It is, and we're on like a fairly regular bail schedule here. The other Marvel Hack is Brother Beavis. Brother Beavis, say what's happening. I'm a big fan of regularity at my age, you know. <laughs> That's right. Some of us got to get, some of us got to get our sleep in. Getting old, that damn it. Great yeah, word. That's right. Man, we had we just had about a ten minute discussion prior to hitting the record button, and because we were just off the reservation talking about stuff. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you about the time that I went back on Raisin Bran. <laughs> The, mo- the the days of sugary cereal have been over uh, because that thing just does what it needs to do. So, yeah, that's basically where I'm at with this. But anyway, all right. So, yeah, the first part of um, the Brothers Comics or the Marvel Hacks podcast is Blurred Notes. Hold on. Let me hit my music. So as the Blurred Blurred Note sounder brings us in, this is where we get a chance to talk about the topics that are broke during the week in comics, comic book movie news, kind of nerd culture. There's going to be one fairly serious topic tonight, um, and then um, the other ones aren't as bad. So we spell out the word Blurred. Uh, I try to match up the letter with sort of the topic, so it's fun for that. All right. So letter B, uh, Best Man. Uh, there's a story out on Comic Shop News today as Batman is getting married to Catwoman in issue 50 of Batman. Um, and it was announced or spoiled that who his best man was going to be. I'm going to throw it to y'all at the table if you didn't read the article. Do you say it was down between Nightwing, which is Dick Grayson, and Clark Kent? Hmm. So, Brother Beavis, who do you think he picked as his best man? Uh, well, so as far as I know, Superman is his greatest enemy. So, I, <laughs> I'd like to think he would pick Nightwing, but. With him being kind of a dick, I'm, I think he might have picked Superman. All right. He's got one vote for Superman. Sandman, did you read the article? I did not. I did not see that. So. All right. So who would you pick? I have to agree with Beavis. Uh, he would, he, it should be Dick Grayson because he's really his son, if you get down to it. But just like you said, if uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman, is kind of a dick. And it would just figure that he would probably pick Clark Kent. So I think it's Superman. All right. And so y'all are both 0 for 10. <laughs> no, no, excuse me. No, he did pick Superman. Sorry, he did pick Clark Kent. <laughs> you would think it would have been Dick Grayson. Uh, but it wasn't. Allegedly, there's some sort of... So we're of Golden State. Beef. Is there a beef going on? Yeah. Yeah, All right. yeah exactly. All right. Yeah. There's some sort of beef between him and... Um, Nightwing. And Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nightwing and Batman. There's yeah. some sort of beef. I haven't really been keeping up with the book. We'll probably review the wedding issue on That's Their One when it comes out. But, um, yeah, that's basically it. Uh, you know, this the, this wedding seems kind of stunt-casted. I'm going to have to go back and read some of the books. But for the most part, it's just like, okay, he's going to marry her. It seems like an event. It seems like something that will get retconned fairly quickly. And, you know, there's nothing like marrying one of your most popular characters off because it usually doesn't work out. Uh, yeah, so, I'm sure it's so another one of these. Spider-Man. Another lasting, uh, healthy relationship <laughs> in the comic book world yeah. that will, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it just doesn't 50 seem years ago or 50 years from now, we'll be talking about, you know, how great it worked out. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that's going to happen, yep. <laughs> yes, they ex- exchanged their 50th anniversary. Yeah, whatever. All right. 
There you go, DC. You're going to get some run here tonight. All right, L, this is the serious one, and I hate to get to this topic as early. L, as in take the L. Star Wars fans need to take a heavy, fat L. Um, it was reported this week that Rose Tico, who played... Um, uh, Rose? I guess her, that was her name in the movie. Yeah. That was her name in the movie, I think. Uh, and then I, I forget what her real name is. Uh, something Tran. Yeah. Uh, the lady that played you're really Rose setting this up well. Jedi. You're, you're really... Well, <laughs> well, but the, the reason I can't remember her name has nothing to do with any of that. Um, but she was run off of social media by Star Wars fans... Uh, you know, because people hated The Last Jedi, they hated her character, they hated so much about it, and they, you know, add her to the list. They ran Daisy Ridley mm-hmm. off of freaking social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's uh, uh, that kid that played uh, Little Anakin? He, he hadn't been seen since. Uh, and the other dude that played Anakin, I don't think he's hating Christensen, hasn't acted in a movie since that happened, you know, just yeah. because Star Wars fans can tend to be. I mean, assholes, just, I mean, for lack of a better term. So, what is it, we'll throw it to the table, what is it about Star Wars fans that are so toxic to a franchise that they say that they love so much, Brother Beaver? Well, um, you know, it's not out of the question that this isn't Star Wars fan so much as regular social media asshole who just like scans for his opportunity to make his points and throws it in the mix. Um, that that's that's you know potentially being generous, but you know there um, there are I'm sure a lot of great fans. I, I can't think of what I mean. I can't think of what makes Star Wars bring that out more than anything else. Um, you know, it was it, there was no credited black characters in the first movie, so maybe there were people that got in under the hood and that was their thing. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I can't. I can't think of something about Star Wars that like makes that particular bent come out. But yeah, it's it's just it's just another facet of like the awfulness of the internet. And as as much as we get on here and just like tear up DC and everything else, I think for the most part we would you know actually have. A discussion about various aspects of this, and I think we try and be pretty fair. And I think, you know, a part of that fairness is we tear up everything. But the fact that you can't discuss anything in an online forum, and the fact that you have to, if whatever you like, you have to hate everything that's not what you like, and and everybody that doesn't like what you like, you have to hate. It's it's ridiculous. And um, I don't know. I don't know what makes cowards flock to Star Wars, but there it is. I mean, The Last Jedi has brought it out in yeah. the worst possible way. Yes. And it, my other thought of that is it's like, you know, that could just be a bad movie. I mean, it could literally just be a bad movie. And it's not like that um, Kelly Tran, thank you, is her, yeah. her name, real name. It's not like Kelly Tran wrote that yeah. shit. She didn't have anything <laughs> to do with it. Yeah. You know, she took a job yes. that she wanted and, you know, thought that there was going to be something that was important for her. It, That's fine. And maybe it's just like the 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 quality of the for for the for a lot of the older fans the the quality mm-hmm. of the later movies is not as good which has started a you know a negative a legitimate negative critique that is an opportunity for people to pile on with hate speech you know there there that could yeah. be that it's just open you know a bad franchise opening the door to hate speech that was going to go hate on something else if star wars was good 
Yeah, I, agree. I mean, and and look, and like this, and Sandman can relate to this, and you can too, in a, in other ways. To brother, he was just like, oh, it didn't work out. You know, blame the niggas, the Asian people, and women. Like, blame them all, mm-hmm. and <laughs> that was the reason that Star Wars sucks now. <laughs> there, there you go. So, I mean, it's just. I mean, it's ridiculous. I, it, to, to the point, like, where somebody's like, "Yo, I can't go on social media because this person hates me because I was acting in a movie that I didn't write, produce, or yeah. do anything in." Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous to me. I mean, the fact that people are like, "Oh, bring George Lucas back." What? After they ran that fool off off yeah. the planet for the prequels, I mean, yeah. So. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, he went. I mean, what in the world so, is that? That to. That shows to me the insanity of this whole process. What race is Jar Jar? What what is it? Nabu? Is it Gun Gun. So I am a Gunganist. I will admit that. I mean, that's my cross to bear. Gunganist. Shit. I hate Gungans. And, you know, just because yeah, they're... Most of us do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just... Yeah, and... Uh, I don't even, you know what? Don't even do that because then we're getting into the well. What is the racial implication? Oh of the yeah, oh, it's, it's just yeah. bad. Yes. You know, I mean, it, oh my. He God. did happen yeah, to step know, and I, fetch. So yes, yeah. I mean, again, <laughs> I think it's generally speaking, it's because not because generally speaking, it's you know, it's a franchise that people looked up to so much when they were growing up, mm-hmm. and it was uber white. I mean, we've all known that it's an uber white franchise. You got, you know, I mean, I would be quoting Hooper X here. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, it is what it is. It's an Aryan white boy fantasy, and you know they yeah. do everything they can to save the universe. You know, with a little bit of Leia mixed in, and then that's it. And so now, when you get them to do the newer movies, which aren't as good, and then you happen to put, you know, some black people at least, the, you know, Mace in the other ones. You know, now the movies are all messed up, and it's that niggas fault it's just it's terrible and uh yeah i mean y'all know i'm a big fan of star wars y'all are too i love the stuff mm-hmm. i didn't care for the last jedi that much either yeah. but it wasn't because of rose yeah. ego no she had nothing <laughs> to do with it yeah it suddenly wasn't the reason yeah. she was given a, a bad rap for the whole thing her scenes were terrible but it had nothing to do with her she didn't huh. write that crap no or she didn't direct it so so i have a, i have a side brother theory to throw out um, and this is on the heels of the le- the Lando is pansexual. So, I think, I think the norm in the Star Wars universe might be that everyone's homosexual, and that actually the reason like Padme and Anakin was taboo was because they were a heterosexual couple. Like nobody has solid parents. You know, you don't see a lot of babies. I think babies are made by droids, and the whole universe is homosexual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Prove me wrong. I'll take it. No, no, I'll take it. And you know, it's not a terrible theory. You know, you don't really see a lot of, like you said, you don't see a lot of babies or whatever in these movies. Like the reason that Kira was sense. like, "That's fine, Han," but I think you're off to other things. Like, there's no no relationships work out. No hetero relationships work out in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even Han and Leia, even, and and. Han and Leah had maybe maybe the reason that um, Ben is all jacked up is because he wasn't made by droids. He was a product of heterosexual relationship, so he's all mm-hmm. fucking dead. No, oh, man, you are breaking ground, sir. Wow, this is awesome. Uh, Space Odyssey 2001 stuff, man. You just ahead of your time. All right, <laughs> I got you. All right, 
Nice, but yeah, I'm sorry, but yeah, take the L, Star Wars <laughs> toxic male fans. Y'all gotta go, like for real. This is terrible. So you're making me hate something that I love. I don't like that. All right, let's go to the letter E. E is for expected. Hey, uh, the Silver Sable and Black <clears throat> Cat movie from Sony got uh, canceled. Um, <laughs> they were like, yeah, we're just gonna move that off the slate silently and slowly. So I'll throw it to Sandman. Uh, Sony's still trying with this extended universe without Spider-Man, but it's, it's just not going to work. And I don't know who the hell asked for a silver, sable, and black cat movie. Um, Sony asked for a silver and black movie. That's that's who asked for it. Nobody wants to see that bullshit. you got two of the most minor freaking characters in the Spider-Man universe, if you will. And they was all, oh, well, we we got to make some money off these characters. Who else we got? Put these two bitches in there. It's like, yeah, yeah. The comic book fans are stupid. They won't ever know. I was like, oh god. And then they actually followed through it and tried to. Well, at least they tried to start making the stupid thing. And then uh, I guess the official what I, I read online, um, the official uh, explanation is they're uh, working on the script. Yeah, I bet they are because the script probably don't make no sense because nobody yeah. gives a fuck about either one of the characters. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this this is just more of Sony's trying to. We've talked about this more than once on this podcast. Them trying to force their little Sony verse and try to get. They're, what they really want is get to the Sinister Six, and they might actually get there. It looks like they might be setting that up in the, the main Spider-Man movies in the MCU, which may work. You never know, because that's their Avengers as they see it. That's probably the only thing they're ever going to be yeah. able to do. Uh, so. They're still desperate to do it, and on the side, they're still trying to do this stuff, and they're still doing that freaking Mobius movie. We were talking about that last week, right? Yeah. Or trying to, which is also just as yeah. ridiculous, but, you know, they're going to try. At I, least, um, uh, they're going to, like, this uh, Venom movie is going to be the litmus test for all this stuff. If that actually makes any kind of money, you're going to hear this thing get uncanceled, and we'll be plagued by it once again, so... <laughs> And plus some any other side character movie you can think of, yeah. I look at it like this: um, there's the Spider Verse, air quotation. The Spider Verse is really filled up with a bunch of terrible characters, and nobody needs to see any of those characters on the big screen. Like if they're not with Spider-Man, like it's just terrible. Yep. It's it's not. It doesn't have depth. They're all one-trick hot ponies or whatever. Mm-hmm. The best thing about Silver Sable and Black Cat, Brother Beavis, is the um, cosplay that it's inspired. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's yeah. like up there. That's like in Black Canary territory. Yes, it is. Right. I mean, um, the the Black Cat cosplay has been um, working at peak, um, amazing strength levels for a long time now, <laughs> and I'm perfectly fine with that. And we could just leave it there. Even the character of Jessica Hardy is not that strong of a character. They've tried their best. She was a, a prominent figure in the the Spider Miles book, um, but I mean, it's just I don't know what they're doing. And speaking of which, did y'all see the trailer today for the Spider Miles movie, yeah. the Spider Verse, or whatever? Yeah. What y'all think of is that? Is this a new one? Um, it was. I mean, the, the animation is unique, but it's also weird. It's like the movement was kind of strange. I don't know. Maybe that's. I don't know if that was the the trailer or that's actually how they wanted to look but uh i mean it looks somewhat interesting I, I sent a link out for uh y'all earlier today i don't know if y'all saw it they uh they have peter parker uh, as spider-man in this uh 
Spider-Verse, so I guess he would be. Yeah. And he sounds like a douchebag. The voice yeah. is just bad, in my opinion. Yeah. And, um, uh, it, yeah, but I don't know. It's, it looks interesting, I'll say that. I don't know. The, the voice of Peter Parker is actually, I don't know if either of y'all watched The New Girl. Um, yep. It's Nick Miller, uh, <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, Nick Miller's Peter Parker? Nothing could go wrong there. Uh, so, well, yeah, uh, one of my favorite side brother topic, one of my favorite characters on TV, and by the way, Nick Miller. Yeah, uh, cracks me up. I love that show, or at least that, except for the last two seasons. But anyway, all right, so yeah, all right, so that's that's E. Yeah, to be expected, that gets canceled. I, I thought the Miles thing looked okay too. I, I mean, I'm not a real big the extended Spider-Verse, you know, the fact that they can't just give Miles Morales in a movie with some Spider-Man. No, we gotta get Spider-Gwen in there, and whoever the hell, Silk will probably make an appearance, and I don't know, Squirrel Girl or whoever, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, you're not a strong enough character to carry this, and actuality, maybe he isn't, but you don't need all those extra freaking side-angle side characters to quote Hutch to pull that movie out. I think that the other thing, too, is like, I, I think they could get a lot of traction by regularly releasing animated features. Yeah, and I, I, do I think yeah. I think there's you could do a lot more. You could do a lot faster. Um, you could do a lot weirder characters. But to try and get that started with a character who might be marginal, who's probably going to piss off white people, it's just <laughs> it's, you know it could be a problem. But you know one of the things I'd like to see is like. Why not just lock up like the voice or the actors for a voice cast and put like animated features out that bridge different movies? Because I think Fantastic Four is like one line in particular that they could do a lot more animated than they can ever do on on screen. But like you could have you could have your regular X Men movies out, but then bring the Shi'ar in an animated feature that like bridges between your two releases and stuff like that. I think they could start to yeah. use them together, but you know the none of these uh, none of these. Uh, comic book companies have a good r- track record of like crossing the streams of like having the yeah. books support the TV, support the movies, support the cartoons. So, yeah. and and Marvel's gone. The hey, we're just gonna make money off these movies and kind of forgotten about their animation stuff if it's not on um, uh, Disney XD. Yeah. You know where there was that time where all of them were putting out. You know, not all of them, but both companies were putting out. You know, animated features for a little bit in the in the early aughts of the 2000s, and then it just went the way of the dodo once the movie started coming out. You yeah. know, I mean, there was a solid Iron Man movie that was made. Um, uh, the first Ultimate Avengers oh, was really good. That second one is budget. Yeah. But um, <laughs> do you know uh, the history of that you stuff? Know, there were a decent ones. So there was a guy who came in and was like trying to convince Marvel that rather than licensing out their stuff for people to make bad movies and then try and sell toys off of, they could actually make more movies if they kept the rights and made the movies. And so they did the anim- so he had the animated films done as sort of a trial run and when those were marginally successful, that's when they optioned out like the 10 or 20 different licenses that they had left. And then as soon as they hadn't made enough like money from them, that's when they started buying the licenses back and the MCU emerged from that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, and they were. I mean, again, uh, I I think I was living with Hutch at the time when that first Avengers that was great. Ultimate, uh, Avengers came out. I mean, we were hyped, dude. Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> I mean, we were so hyped for that, you know. And then, uh, and then they made the second. 
Yeah. Mm. Much much less hype. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> much less hype. Uh, but anywho. Okay. Alright, let's get through the R then. Uh, I think I have it. R is for ridiculous. Speaking of movies, uh, DC has decided that they want to try to build wait, their uh, wait. universe, their movie uh, universe. We don't have to talk about this, do we? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. We'll make it brief. Uh, we want to build their DC universe, their cinematic universe, around the characters of Suicide Squad. There was an announcement that the Jared Leto Joker movie was getting a movie as a solo. And this is separate of the one that was supposed to star with, uh, what, not Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. Joaquin, Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. Uh, and yeah, that one. And then there's always talk about the Harley Quinn movie. Uh, I think Female Perspective sent us out a whole list of movies attached to Goofy. Um, Suicide Squad characters with potential Deadshot movie as well. I mean, it's just all over the place. So, I mean, we all know the Suicide Squad is a terrible movie, and we all know the characters in Suicide Squad are terrible characters. Mm. Why DC, brother? Be just what? What do they see that we don't see? I guess like enough time has gone past where they just forgot. I, I guess they just forgot <laughs> the movie that they put out. The process it took to get there, <laughs> but I—I I mean, it did win an Oscar, right? It, that's yes, it did. To yeah, date, the, the yeah. Oscar-winning comic book movie. I—I mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess they're like—I guess they're just embracing the idea that you don't have to actually deal with reality and you can create your own world. Like, it, it was <laughs> a great movie. They were great characters. People loved it, and they're going to want yeah. more. I, I don't know. Like, as far as I know, you have to have a foundation to build something that's going to stand up. But apparently that's not true anymore, so we'll see how this goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, I have no idea what in the world they were thinking, to be honest with you. I mean, I really don't. It's does Boomer, does Captain Boomerang like, get a movie? Then why not? Don't, don't give them any ideas. The only, they killed it. Like, they killed the best character. Diablo's the best character. They killed him off. Yeah, Will Smith was yeah, fine. Not much. coming back, but you know Will Smith doesn't yes. open movies anymore. So no, he doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> um, man, I don't know. I, I saw that and I was like, they have lost all of their cotton picking. Uh, uh, every single one. And they're so, doing they're doing right. different. Yeah, that, they're all real quick. They're doing different um, versions of the same characters. They get Jared Leto his movie, which is a mistake, and they're going to do. Um, like Martin Scorsese is like directing like the origin of the Joker or something like that. It's but that was like a couple months ago they talked about that. But they're they're still doing it, I guess. And so now you're going to have confusion from people that don't you know deal with this shit every day. You're going mean, to be fair if yeah if Aquaman is decent and Shazam is decent and mm-hmm. then Wonder Woman two is coming. Out. I mean they there is a path. But if they just if they, if they <laughs> litter that path with garbage, it's going to be a problem. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but think about this. Uh, what Aquaman is supposed to come out? What near the end of this year, sometime? Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen a trailer for it? No. Nope. Um, have you seen any like hype, whatever? And we're about to get into a Justice League book here in a second. And I'm going to tell you that that's not a um, the version of Aquaman we're going to get is not Jason Momoa. Mm. So no Aqua Bro. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, what in the world? Like, it's not even like. So, which leads me to think, like, hey, man, that movie might be bad since they're not really doing any promotion for it. And who would have? Of course, an Aquaman movie is gonna be bad. It's Aquaman. Is the Flash movie even being made? 
not anymore. I don't think it's on the slate. I don't think the cyborg movie is on the slate. I don't think any of those things that are. The only thing I know for for a fact that is going to be made here and it's going to come out is Wonder Woman two and Aquaman. Yeah. That's it. Everything else is alleged. Yeah. And they've got DC got more alleged movies coming out than anybody, man. It's ridiculous. I don't think so, they know what to do. I think they're just kind of like doing stuff to do it now. I don't. I don't think uh, Warner Brothers really cares a lot about DC because they're a studio themselves. So I mean, they're just kind of like, well, put this out. I don't know. Put this out. You know, it's just they have no plan. To quote Richard Pryor, uh, they want that Yang money. So let's not pretend that they they don't care. <laughs> they want. That, they want. They don't act. Like they they don't, don't act like they care. Uh, yeah. I mean, I hear what you're saying, yeah. but yeah, they want that. They want that money. But anyway, mm-hmm. all right. Okay. It's stupid DC. <laughs> all right. Last the letter D. It's for don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, I think this might be one. I don't know if it's Warner Brothers too, but allegedly they're going to go with another uh, Willy Wonka remake. Uh, why? Allegedly the, why? the final Jesus two recipients, Christ. the final two recipients for for being Willy Wonka are Donald Glover and Ryan Gosling. Like those are the two um, people. Now the a funny backstory. And I don't know if y'all ever saw this online. Uh, I guess was that Ronald Dahl, whoever Ronald the Dahl. original, yep. the original, yeah, the the original write up for. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is Charlie was black. Um, really? And when he went to sell the book, yeah, he, when he went to sell the book, the editors was like, nah, son. Um, and so he had to make him white uh, to get the book made. Mm-hmm. But originally he was black. So some people were like, oh, you know, you get that. You put Donald Glover in it or whatever. I, I, I don't really know. Look, I saw those movies with uh, Johnny Depp or whatever. Um, I'm good. Like, <laughs> that's bad. And. You know, I, I love the Willy Wonka one that I grew up with for the nostalgia purposes um, and because it's, like, super trippy. But, <laughs> like, I don't ever need to see another Willy Wonka remake movie or whatever. Sandman. Yeah, well, I did not see the uh, um, remake of it, and I'm still good, and I don't need to see this shit either. Um, this is completely unnecessary. This is just still following the damn trope of, well, let's remake it because... We ain't been coming up with any other ideas, and because that's too hard. So <laughs> let's just go back and try to capitalize on past uh, glory. I mean, and I don't think did that freaking uh, Johnny Depp remake make any money? I don't think it could have, because I don't remember that being in the theater at it, all. For the like, I think it made money. I just think that because people's nostalgia for the other one is so so much, so much. and it is. I just think people don't really, you know, care for it too much. Yeah, um, yeah I couldn't. It's me. so good is the problem. I mean, the late great Gene Wilder as mm-hmm. Willy Wonka. I mean, how you how do you yeah. defeat that? The you kids are you, good. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. songs are good. It's just, you, you. How do you it's how do you how do you do that? Yeah. You can't re. Yeah, you can't recreate it to a point where people are gonna love it the way they and, love the And other Tim movie. Burton exactly. can't make it. anything but a Tim Burton movie. Like whatever exactly. he does, yes. it's gonna everything's look like gonna be crazy and creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be a freak show. Yep. So, all right, all right. Yeah. So, all right. So that's blurred notes. Uh, all right. We went a little long tonight, but that's okay because some of these books are pretty short. All right. Let's get into these damn books. Hey, that's day one. That's day one. Is throwback our throw into the DC universe? We always give y'all one book a week. Uh, this week is the Justice League. Um, we did the Justice League a few weeks ago with the Justice League um, 
I don't know what the, the tagline was after that colon, but we did that and it was not very good as they did their version of the Celestials or whatever. And now the book is getting a fresh start. That's a Marvel term. Uh, it's getting a fresh start with a restart with a new team with uh, Scott Snyder and Jimmy Chung, who's going to be on two books that we actually are going to do tonight. Um, not sure how he pulled that off. But, yeah, so this is the Justice League number one. Uh, Sam, man, you got a chance to read this one? Yes, I did. Um, All right, yeah. Brother Beavis gets to take a break uh, <laughs> during the DC portion of this. Uh, basically... It's kind of leading in from the story in that other Justice League book was that the the Force Wall or whatever that wall source that wall. the Justice League broke Source Wall yeah the Source Wall in in metal uh, things st- keep still slipping through and that's the whole story that they're fighting in that other book that's out No Justice thank you yeah and then this one is uh, some sort of force is coming its way through the the it's gone through eons and eons of um, history and it's destroyed certain civilizations and whatnot. And um, as they are defeating some other thing by, was it Vandal Savage has teamed up with some Neanderthals from some place? Or uh, I mean, um, it's really kind of a goofy backstory. Very goofy. But basically, it's just a reintroduction to the um, the Legion of Doom as Luther goes from being a good guy back to a bad guy. Um, and uh, from the sounds of it, spoiler alert, he kills Van- uh, Vandal Savage. Um, that's what it looked like. <laughs> Uh, And um, the Justice League, you know, kind of trying to figure out how they're going to defeat this thing. Do they save the Earth or do they let this? It's supposed to be a life bringing force like the Phoenix. It's supposed to be a life bringing force. It's even red, too, Brother Bears. And, (laughs) you know, is it going to bring life or is it going to bring destruction? What do we do? They get Jon Stewart out there with a big ass green gun. It's like, all right, well, you know, tell me what to do. Are we going to attack it? There's a countdown from three minutes. We got three minutes to go. You know, are we going to attack it? Are we going to shoot it and kill it? You know, and that's basically it. And, you know, what is it going to be? And that's the cliffhanger that it ends on. Um, I mean, it, it sounds like I'm going through it quick and it's not for any other reason other than the book read really fast. I Actually, it was very entertaining. What I thought it read like, though, Brother Beavis, the dialogue, it read like... Um, an Avengers, the Josh Whedon Avengers movie. It was very quippy, yeah. very jokey. Mm-hmm. Um, fair, I mean, you know, and not in a bad way, just, you know, in a way that, you know, you may be not used to seeing, you know, Batman talk like that and them joking with each other, you know, and having such a good time with one another as, as characters. So what did you think, Sam? I mean, it was fine. It was fine. The um, explanations and the backstory with them to, this is the one with the trees and all that, with the entropy and all that stuff too. It, um, um, no, that was no justice. Oh, no justice. Which one are you on? Yeah, that was no justice. I'm on the regular, the new Justice League book. Oh, I think I read the wrong one. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, we did that one before. Yeah. Yeah. Now this one is this was just the, a restart of the the regular team. Okay. The, I almost call them the regular ass team. It's the regular team. It has everybody that you would think of. It's Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter, regular Justice League, Green yeah. Lantern, yeah. uh huh, um, Hawk Girl. Um, I don't think I missed anybody. I think that's everybody mm-hmm. and the Flash. You know, it's just the regular team that you would think of. Yeah, they, um, straight up team from the, yeah, the animated this, series. Yeah, everybody. The cartoon. Yeah. And they have this, you know, and they have this battle or, or, you know, this story. I mean, it was actually really good, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I didn't hate it. Jimmy Chung's art is always awesome. We'll see him again when we get to Marvel 2 and 1. Um, he's just, you know, it was a, a solid starter book. 
You know, mm -hmm. I'm kind of curious as to how this story is going to go, and I'll, I'll continue it. I, I have no problem with this at all. So well, that's good. Yes, DC, you did well. Yeah, you did well. So uh, we're going to keep that one up. So yeah, good shot, DC. Uh, we're we're digging it, digging it well. And again, it did feel like a weeding book, man. There's a lot of quips and jokes in there. You were not. I was not expecting, you know, Batman's making fun of, you know, his uh, I'm Batman line, like everybody's saying it during the course of the battle. Hmm. And he's like, I don't sound like that, you know, like, oh, you know, and Diane does it better. You know, it's like, I mean, it it was fun. It was nice to see, you know, I'm sure some uh, whatever. There was some Batman bullshit in there, Brother Beavis, because as this thing is coming towards the Earth, um, somehow, some way, at some point in time, Batman had planted um, bombs on the moon and he was able what? to activate those bombs. Uh, yeah, I know. He was able to activate those bombs to not necessarily slow it down, but to... Um, I don't even know why I put the damn bombs on the moon or what it was for. But basically, that was part of the plot. And Martian Manhunter knew that he put bombs on the moon. So he's like, you know that time you put the bombs on the moon? He's like, I didn't do that. He's like, come on, Bruce. He's like, okay, I did, I did that shit. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, moon yeah. bombs, bitches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> Fuck your moon. <laughs> I don't remember putting bombs on the moon. <laughs> you remember when you put bombs yeah, on the moon? On yeah, the moon. I remember putting bombs on the moon. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, okay, it's a powerful yeah, drug. Noted. Yeah, it's right. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> noted. But yeah, a, a solid thumbs up, actually. A very solid thumbs up book. Uh, I couldn't. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a solid thumbs up moving forward. And side number before we get to the next book, uh, this is going to be Ant Man and the Wasp. We know that, and we got a couple of reviews. We know that we were very. I would not, wouldn't say that we were being negative. I think the content that we had was just crap last week. Right. And so it turned into us being like, and everything sucked <laughs> because everything we read did yeah, it was just, yeah. So this week, uh, yeah. we picked some, uh, we know, we picked like books like we normally would. They just happened to be better. Well, there was, was a sub out. Might sound like that. There was a sub out. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is also true. All right. All right. So go ahead. Uh, we're, next book up on the roster is Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, we got a book that's, you know, sort of uh, align with this movie that's coming out next month but not really so brother beavis has got the lead on ant-man and the Wasp. yeah we're getting close to this so it seemed like a good idea and i think there was this was one of at least like i think there's an ongoing series and then this is a limited so the first thing first because i need my backstory we have to go to our resident expert on mark wade teen superheroes uh producer what can you tell us about nadia van dyne um, I'm gonna have to take uh, an L like a Star Wars toxic fan on that. Really? Not a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. I know she is a member of the Champions. I also know that she was a, a member of the Avengers during that um that awful story that we read on season two of the Marvel Hacks. Uh, that was that version of Wasp. She is the I think the stepdaughter of. Hank Pym's uh, daughter and Janet's adopted yeah. stepdaughter somehow? That, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, what? something to that effect. Why she has the wasp powers and why she's taking that mantle, I could not tell you. So who, who's, the, who's the mother then? Do they know? Or are they not saying? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have she was made by droids, I think. 
<laughs> Why not? Star Wars planets. So, I thought it was interesting to read this because um, we are getting close, and um, they are playing up sort of the the Wasp is sort of the dominant character. Like uh, Ant Man is is Scott Lang. He's sort of a goofball, and Nadia is the the kind of more powerful, more straightforward, more thinking one. Um, I, there's not a whole lot to the book, so just as a way of intro, like. Uh, general feelings on Ant-Man in his various incarnations, uh, uh, Sandman, what, what's your general perspective on Ant-Man? The character or um, yeah. in the comics? Or character, the, uh, comics, movies, whatever. Anything that's stuck. And, um, he's had God knows how many different identities. He beat his wife at one time when <laughs> one of the most con- controversial Avengers ever. Um uh, because of that, and that was a whole thing in the Marvel Universe and in here in the real universe. Um, and eventually, he just kind of gave up that to be Doctor Henry Pym for yeah. And they did uh, the actually they years. did kind of go to that uh, spousal abuse angle in the animated Marvel. Wow! In, in that <laughs> right. Marvel Ultimate suit, yeah. I was always I, I always found Hank Pym interesting, but like he changed so much, like you could never pick up a book and figure out what the hell was going on. Exactly. How about the Wasp? Producer, what's your what's your thoughts on the Wasp in various incarnations? Um, I mean, we've run her and her character a lot on this podcast when it was the, the Thursday Night Comic Book Show and uh, when we went through Secret Wars. Um, I mean, she's an annoying character. She always has been. Um, never been a lot of fun. Not my favorite character at all. Um, I kind of feel the same way about Hank Pym, too. You know, I, I know he did put the, the, the smackdown on her. But I, I preferred him more as uh, Yellow Jacket, and I thought that was a more interesting character. The design was a lot better, so I liked him there. But then he was also more of a psychopath there too. So he's, you know, really, <laughs> there you go. You know, you can't never really get a good handle on who he is and what he's about because it's really something different all the time. Yeah. You know, I I enjoy the older Hank Pym in the movies. I like that particular character, yeah. and you know, it took away a lot of the his problematic stuff by making him an old ass man in the movie yeah. so they didn't have to deal with him I'm, which I enjoyed I think that was a, cal- a calculated move too by uh, Kevin Feige so, I, yeah. I think the one thing about I mean I think these two were a great addition to I think the one thing that we never criticize which is Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes uh, the cartoon Right. I thought they were a great addition the way they were handled I thought I, they became much more interesting characters um, in that mm-hmm. cartoon uh, way better than I think they ever were in the comic. Yeah, but Wasp was this, yeah. yeah, yeah, she was great. Like, I, yeah, she like, was great. Where, in that. Where's this been for the last yeah. forty years? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> all she did in the original run was she would like, all right, you guys figure out. I'm gonna go shopping, get captured, yeah. and then they would have a rescue her. It was, it was like, this is bad. Mm-hmm. You, you guys can't do this. This is bad. Right. So this book is um, Scott and Nadia. It starts off apparently he's like he must have been in the Guardians of the Galaxy book or something, but he's with the Nova Corps, and she has to like she has to use the power of gibberish to uh, teleport him back to Earth, <laughs> and that goes wrong, and they end up stuck in a place they call Subatomica, and they fight these kind of spectery. Well, they encounter these sort of rainbow color spectery creatures. And, just, and they finally figure out that the color red is missing because there's what they call the space vampire. Because Scott Lang, who's not mm-hmm. uh, a scientist, had sort of been talking about mm-hmm. that. So 
they <laughs> find this space vampire and they defeat it through the power of comics uh, and the cliffhanger mm-hmm. is she gets blinded at the end so they're their most knowledgeable, most competent uh, part of the duo is blinded and they're somewhat stuck in Subatomica. Yeah. Mm. I, I read it. I thought it was real fun. I, I, you know, coming off of these books, we, we've talked about this a little bit, is that, you know, one of the reasons, I mean, we did, even though we're not doing Captain America tonight, but one of the reasons that we enjoyed it, it was that it wasn't this world-ending mm-hmm. event Exactly. Every single moment. Yes. And so it was like a much smaller story plays better, and like this story plays better. No pun intended. Smaller story. Yeah. (laughs) Hey now, that's it. Boom, boom. And like you know, such as it, it, it just works. And like I know this book isn't gonna last no more than six. I think it's actually a five issue limited series. So they've already said. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and that's perfect. That's it's enough. Like that's all that Ant Man and Wasp need. Is a five-issue limited series. We don't need a monthly, you know, whatever, and them trying to figure out something to credible threats to make that book work. It's just fine. So I, excuse me, I was perfectly fine with it. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I thought it was perfect. You know, you're fighting little microorganisms. You know, Ooh, space vampire sounds fun. Did you read it, Sam? You know, this is a book. I did not. I uh, uh, was trying to catch up on the other ones. I didn't get a chance to read that one. I will. You were, you were off reading yeah. other Justice League books is what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. Yeah. yeah I, I, I agree. I mean, I think you get a good feel for both the characters. It is small, but I'm cha in scope. Um, the, the art looks great. Um, I never yeah. heard of this guy before. And it's Mark Wade. you know, not... So uh, yeah, for, for five issues, yeah, I think, I think mm-hmm. you know if they're gonna if they're gonna start up stuff and cancel it, I'd rather you tell me in advance. It's a five issue story. Tell yeah. the story and then get yep. out. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, I might not buy it up front, but I may buy the trade. So, yeah. but if you tell me this is all it's gonna be, then I'm perfectly fine with this. And you know, and don't try to make it anything where I mean, if, if we had opened that book. And they were like, oh, you know, we're going to have to fight against, I don't know, fill-in-the-blank villain that's, you know, a fairly credible villain. And we're going to have to take him out and do, I would, oh, no. Like, it's freaking Ant-Man and Wasp. There's no reason for them to be fighting, you know, Magneto or Doctor Doom. It just makes no sense. You don't need to do that. Exactly. And they didn't. That's perfect. Like, oh, we're fighting subatomic particles and criminals. <laughs> it's like uh, algae. It's a completely it's perfect. That's exactly Here's the spiel at the end of the book. Teen science prodigy Nadia escaped the Russian assassin training Red Room to search for her father, Hank Pym, in the United States. His former wife, Jana Van Dyne, became Nadia's stepmother and helped her claim her true inheritance, her father's shrinking technology and heroism. In Janet's honor, Nadia wears the mantle of the Wasp. The Wasp. Ah, there you there go. You go. Yep. So, Hank was dipping his... Apparently. Uh... Yeah, his stick out. I'd like to believe that his genetic material was harvested against his will because Hank Pym never <laughs> makes bad decisions. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, he does not. Uh, noted. Okay, so all right, so we're at two books and two thumbs up here. That's solid for us. Um, getting on to our next book, it's the Immortal Hulk. Uh, I have my little Hulk smash uh, note here. Um, I added this book late, and I, I threw it out there that we were like, you know, we were going to do Captain America because it's a book we had been reviewing, but 
that book is also ending, and so it's the the issues I guess since they had their thing at 700 have been this kind of weird story where it doesn't it stars cap but not really, and I was reading it and I was just like that's gonna get us on a real negative path, <laughs> and I decided to not do it. So I was like, you know what, let's replace it with another. And the weird we'll and the weird part was like they went from this weird sort of future storyline into an even weirder different future storyline i'm like is so is yeah. is this connected <laughs> yes. to the other one is this completely different i don't yeah. understand what we're doing here yeah what are they, it was, it, what are they it doing was very weird that's crazy yeah. no it, it was weird well you know, i know what they're doing they're just telling goofy stories because the book's getting refreshed yeah, with yeah. Coates but that and that being off. said though like so the story the cap story is about like the influence of cap years after he's dead like centuries or decades after he's dead and if they had wanted to replace if they had wanted to like take the regular characters sort of out of the limelight and have other characters like Ironheart and whatever else the the, the Plessy versus Ferguson characters this would have been a much better way to do it like so don't necessarily put right. those characters in the mainline comic book but have an Ironheart book sure. and then have your Iron Man fu- uh, story flash future into Doctor S- Doctor Stark and have your Captain America right. story flash into the future to the to whatever this bullshit is but that would have been a much better way to pull this off. Right. 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 They didn't do that. No, they, no, they did not. <laughs> yeah. They did mm-hmm. not. They went a completely different direction. So, anywho, let's get to the Immortal Hulk. All right. Um, cards on the table. I'm not a big fan of Hulk comic books. Me either. I'm actually not a real big <laughs> fan of the Hulk character in general because he's just too powerful and there's too much. And like, is he crazy? Is he smart? Is he crazy and smart? I mean, there's just too much of it. And it just, you know, the back and forth for 40 plus years of this is just enough already. So yeah. the idea of this book is that they came with the Immortal Hulk, just to give a little bit of background that I know, is that the background is that. Um, he was dead. Bruce Banner was dead. He was killed by Hawkeye, uh, and it was arranged by Hawkeye and Bruce Banner that he was going to kill him during whichever story that was. It, it's I'm drawing a blank now, but one of the previous um, crossover events. Mm-hmm. So he was dead, but then during this No Avengers um, crap that they put out a couple of, for those seven or eight months. Um, he came back to life somehow, some way. Uh, he was brought back by the game master and whatever. So this book is started off, and the purpose of this book is to kind of tell like a creepy Hulk stories, kind of like um, Creep Show. And I'm not <laughs> sure how long they could run yeah. this, but basically, um, there's a, a killing, or excuse me, there's a, 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 a small town setting. Uh, there's a robbery. Uh, a gentleman goes in. He's trying to rob a store. There's a clerk, which is Bruce, that nobody knows about yet. There's a girl, and then there's a the guy that robs it. He goes in there. The robber goes in. He uh, kills the girl. He shoots Bruce. Like Bruce, like I didn't even see your face. He shoots him too, and then the bodies wind up in the morgue. And then in the morgue, his body. Once it turns dark, his body disappears. And there's two detective. There's a detective and a, um, a reporter that are reporting on this. The reporter or the detective knows something about this and she thought when soon as she saw his body she was like man that looks like Bruce Banner but she didn't say anything and um, he comes to life the guy that shot up the store he was um, he was doing a robbery for a gang that he had gotten on the bad side of and so he had to go do something for them he had borrowed, he borrowed money from him and, yeah that's what happened yeah he had, and then it was like yeah and then they went and um, Bruce went and found him as the Hulk and was like you know hey you uh 
and you know you done fucked up, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and he's, but there's a secret to this guy, too. Like, there's something inside him. He's like, you know, you got a certain power inside of you. You know it, and I know it. And he's not, like, tapping into it or whatever. You know, and the basic story is, like, you know, there's two people when you see in a mirror. The person on the outside, the person on the inside. Are you evil or are you good? You know, and, he, and the book ends with him looking in the mirror at the Hulk. Bruce looking in the mirror at the Hulk. I, I thought it was fucking awesome, to be honest with you. Mm. This book was great. The art, the art was great. Al Ewing, who wrote um, the Black Avengers, <laughs> the Ultimate, which I, I'm a huge big fan of. Like he wrote this book as well. I thought it was freaking awesome. I know, uh, Sam, and you got a chance to read it. Mm -hmm. I, you might have to go back and catch that one, brother. Uh, I read it. Oh, okay. okay. What'd you think? Then? I, you need to check yourself. If you're gonna say it's freaking awesome. It's still a Hulk story. I thought it was. Awesome. I think your freak show <laughs> comment or creep show is definitely the true. I mean, it's, I it's, it's I. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's that's A I I G H T if you're spelling it. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe I, it does look good. Um, I don't know what's going on with the Hulk yet. We have this. The smart Hulk, they seem to play up very much that the Hulk comes out at night, but other than that, like it's not clear like mm -hmm. what makes him change, how Bruce came back. I mean, it's okay, but it's still well, it's still a I Hulk story. Yeah. I think they're playing up this um, um, originally the Hulk used to change at uh, dusk at night. That's where it used to uh, cause the change for, for whatever reason. And now, this is the second or third time they've gone back to that then all the uh, different books over the years and stuff so now they're back to that but now he's kind of like this creepy creepy hulk <laughs> if, yeah. you, uh, yeah. if you will you know almost like kind of looks hulk. like a green joker yeah yeah because he's kind of yeah, yeah. toying with people yeah. and before he beats a little bit shit out of them. <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's a different one and he's talking normally you know it's no broken hulk speech so uh yeah, who knows what uh, which way they're going with this? But there's also a nod to the uh, Eric Bana movie when he's like looking yeah. in mm -hmm. the in the mirror and in the, the mirror, Hulk's yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not you. a good thing. Yeah, I, th I, I thought it was. Well, I mean, if, if I'm gonna say I'm checking myself or whatever, like I'm thinking, a lot of the Hulk stories that I read are terrible, or I have read are terrible. This isn't terrible. So you might have got you might have just got Batman Begin. That might be the problem. <laughs> nah, well, there's, yeah, you might have got Hulk begins. We've definitely talked about that. Yeah, we've definitely talked about that. I thought the book was fun. I thought it was. I like the creepy idea of him going around and being the boogeyman or whatever. I, to be honest with you, I think I want a book with that detective and the and the um, and the right and the, uh, the newspaper lady. I want to see that book. <laughs> yeah. I need to go pick up Misty Knight and go do some stories. That'd be great. I'd like, I'd read that book. Um, but. Yeah, I just I I, mean, I thought it was fun. I liked it. It was eerie. Uh, I I thought it was very good. So yeah, nanny nanny boo boo. All right, I'm going thumbs up there. Y'all are worried well, about. I'm fine with thumbs up, but I I, I can't tell the listeners it was freaking awesome. Ah, terrible. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. It was definitely it was it yeah. read really fast, which I kind of appreciated too. Yeah. Well, there's no dialogue. Yeah, there's yeah. very little dialogue in this, but it's just all action. Yeah, there's no yeah. dialogue in the first parts of the book, so. Nice. Okay. All right. Uh, our next book here is the Marvel Two and One, mm -hmm. and Brother Beavis has the lead on this. Now we have it. 
I can't remember the last time we left off with it. This is something that we started from the beginning, and it started off like hot and fire. It really did. It had Jimmy Chung art. It was really good. And then Jimmy Chung was only doing covers, and uh, Dale Saunders uh, <laughs> uh, was drawing like, drawing like a couple of issues. And then now it's uh, the last two issues were issues five and issue six. And I believe issue six that's coming up uh, – I think we're only on five. I think six is... Were there five and six? Five and six five? are both out. So. Okay, okay, five and six. I think issue seven is actually the final issue. No, it's going seven. on. Well, it might be the end of this story, this particular arc, but it de- it's going on. No, okay. okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, it's bleeding into the Fantastic Four's return, um, which is kind of what the ish- the end of issue is kind of six that kind of dealt with anyway. Brother Beavis has the lead on this, if you want to recap both. Yeah, so I had to go back... Like, I was like, because I knew the first two were good. I knew the third one sucked. And then I was like, did we even read the fourth one? And so the fourth one is where they start traveling across the multiverse and they have found A. Reed and Sue. And it's this planet where Galactus came and he killed the thing and uh, Mr. Fantastic got upset. And so Doom came in and saved the day. And then Mr. Fantastic was sort of this recluse after that. Sue left him. Johnny's not even part of the story at that point. So we pick up back in that world. Uh, Beast is uh, in the story helping Mr. Fantastic. And they're talking about how things are going. And the thing uh, gets upset on the third... He's starting to get upset by the third panel. He's upset and he slaps the fuck out of Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he does. Like, Cheek spread across whatever panel he got his ass knocked into. There's also a Herbie the Robot sighting yeah. as well. But things like, basically like, I didn't come across the multiverse to see you be a little bitch. So Basically, <laughs> basically yeah. <laughs> so, um, whatever version of this is you. Right? So Sue shows up. She's the agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., of course, because everybody's an agent of, agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, uh... Mm-hmm. They the Doom comes back. He's got his heralds of Doom, and uh, they finally sort of snap uh, Mr. Fantastic out of it. And lo and behold, the OG Doctor Doom, who's been a prominent feature in the in the preceding books, followed on however they got here. So he's in this world, mm-hmm. and he they convince uh, they convince uh, Doom and, and Mr. Fantastic to work together, and then they go to get uh, Norrin Rad, who's married to Emma Frost, living out, apparently, on Superman's farm. And uh, at the the end, then, Doctor Doom is back. That's the end of episode five. Um, Right. Did did I miss anything? That was basically it, yeah. Yeah, so... You can roll it into six. Yeah, so this is uh, still kind of... Probably the more interesting issue. Yeah, this is still the sort of average art... um, and then we get to two and one number six, which is coming up on the screen. Yeah. So this is Jimmy Chung again. Is that right? Jimmy Chung. Yeah. So he returns back to the story, and uh, now we've got all the heroes uh, massing, and they go out into space to fight uh, Doctor Doom. Now there's several parts of this where, like, I had like the the art wasn't drawn to the point where I could really understand what was going on. I had to go back and forth. But the first trick they pull is they infuse the thing with pim particles, and in space, giant thing is fighting giant Doctor Doom, um, which is a pretty cool idea. Um, and right. then the other reveal is that the um, 
the if the last panel of like episode four was there's just the earth and this ring and a sun well the sun it turns out is actually johnny storm who'd been yeah. we we find out later imbued with the power cosmic and so he stops being the sun and starts blasting um <laughs> starts blasting uh, <laughs> dr doom and then uh the plan is since Doctor Doom in originally transferred his mind into Galactus's body, they're going to use Emma Frost to transfer her mind into Galactus's new body with Doctor Doom's old psyche, and they implanted a virus in her psyche. So instead of consuming life, she creates life. And then once they pull that off, she goes and spews all the absorbed energy back to create the multiverse. Mm. Uh, yes. yeah. yeah, and then Johnny gives the power cosmic back to the Silver Surfer, so he can go chase down his lady. And I think that's it. Who's black, by the way? You throw in the fact that the Silver Surfer is black in this oh, is he? world too, as well. I did. Yeah. Is he? I don't see color. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he's black. Well, he's they all look the same yes. to me. So. Um, they all look alike. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, I I think what I appreciate about it is as complicated as it was, like they actually. Oh, I guess he kind of is. They actually had a story and used tactics, and um, it wasn't just hit harder. They teased the the, mm-hmm. the classic Doctor Doom turn that didn't come. There's some great interaction with right. like Doctor Doom and Mister Fantastic. Mister Fantastic's like, oh, we're so good together. We should have been doing this all the time. So I mean, yeah. there's some, yeah, there's some classic Fanta- yeah. Fantastic Four stuff, and there was you know it was actually you might have to go back and forth a few times, but it, there was actually a story there. So this is the end of the yeah. first arc, and then there's a, a the reveal on the last page is like Mr. Fantastic is now back kind of back at his wits, and he's like, yeah, thing, uh, I figured out why you're here, and if this whole thing is you guys are losing your powers, we can find that signature, yeah. and there is no signature, so I I'm pretty sure that Reed yeah, and Sewer did. Um, yeah, yeah, thing kind of knew that, but he's hoping against. He's hoping that's not the truth. Not true. So, and and, and Johnny still doesn't know about yeah. it. Uh, you know, because he's been pining his hopes that they were going to be there. You know, it's kind of this story. I thought is again minus the shaky artwork that through the middle. Um, it's actually been fairly decent and good. Mm-hmm. And the other part of that is. It sucks that you everybody knew that this was gonna lead back to the Fantastic Four restarting because the a lot of the intrigue and the possible plot points or whatever get run over because you know how it's gonna end because you know they're having a book that's coming out here very soon. So, and, it, and we talked about this too is like you know, uh, yay Fantastic Four question mark at the end of it because we've all read some really bad Fantastic Four comic books and you kind of. <laughs> really curious as to what version of the Fantastic Four are we going to get here you know is it going to be something that's cool or is it going to be something that's all hokey and cheesy or whatever you know at a point for me I really think they can't run out you know super intelligent Reed who's you know running formulas and doing all that stuff because I think the character is just played out man so did you read this one Sandman? Yes, I did. I actually really like this. Um, I know we, we had that one episode, one issue that was kind of bad, right? I don't remember what episode um, issue it was. Three was the worst one. The yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the tail issue. Yeah, but um, I actually really enjoyed this. I thought, we've talked about this before, like uh, what the Fantastic Four should be, you know, the cosmic 
craziness and stuff that they represent and they um you know the fat 60s and, and um the kirby era and um stan lee when they were still doing the book back then and stuff that had that feel again and stuff you know the craziness i think emma frost was there by need more than anything else yeah. for the story because yeah. i thought that was a little strange to her and uh uh, well, powered Silver Surfer, but other than that, she does tend to show up in all these uh, old man Logan, Hawkeye. She does tend to to survive in all these post apocalyptic stories. So I guess maybe from right. my perspective, the thing I liked about it is too is like it was a big the scale of the story was big. It was this big world at stake, but the, the focus on the action was on the on the Fantastic Four. It was really it was about thing and and the Human Torch. Mm-hmm. Um, and this the the lady that they brought with them. I don't even. I have no idea what she does. Why she? Yeah, right. I don't understand that part of it. That, I that to me I, is a weak yeah. plot point. I'm, yeah. yeah. They laid the track for that early in it from really from issue one. It's kind of uh, thing meets her in issue yeah. one, and then she makes that comeback call about them losing their powers and them charging her money essentially to you know reboost their powers up. And you know the the thought process of getting more money if she can go and help find them through this multiverse, um, through the, the multi-sec or whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I mean, yeah, it, it just she's just become a side character because she's not Johnny and Sue. And you know the story picks up really even with these alternate versions of the Fantastic Four. It still makes the you know it's like hey, it's kind of cool to see them together since Marvel put the axe on them. God, it's been almost four or five years now Easily. that they canceled that book. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, it you know it seems like it's you know going to be a lot of fun to put them together. I'm still weary, as weary as you are of Hulk stories, brother. <laughs> I'm weary of any Fantastic yeah. Four reloots and relaunches because it just seems like they've told all those stories. Well, before we get there, they they have an ad for Marvel Two and One, The Thing, and Infamous Iron Man Annual in two weeks. So. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 we ran annuals pretty good last week, um, uh, but also too they they have a doom problem as well yeah. because now you you know they tease the idea in this book though like you know what forget this good stuff I'm going back to my evil ways but he was kind of <laughs> able to kind of rein him back in but then in the Invincible Iron Man like you know he wind up getting his face cracked literally yeah. and you know is he gonna go back to his evil ways you know I mean. It, it, you know it's eventually going to happen how it happens when it happens or whatever but you know it's going to happen I, I, the worst thing that they could do and I mean the absolute worst thing they could do is do a Fantastic Four story that starts with issue number one with them something fighting against or going against Doom like it, right. it mm-hmm. it's giving you the Batman Joker story it's giving you uh, Spider-Man Green Goblin it's, it's, it's been told it's been told a thousand times do not do it if you want to attract <laughs> any version of fans that are not the same hardcore people. Do not give them the same damn story that you can give them fifty damn. There's a there's a storm <laughs> quote in that uh, Shadow King cartoon where she's like, "Do not do it." Yeah. Right now. <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> Shouts out to Missionary. Uh, <laughs> Whatever fictional African country that they had you in, uh, and your your fake ass Jordan, it's your fake ass Jordan jersey. We see you, Missionary. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible. All right, 
Well, really, previous for all of season three, uh, we had not done our throwback Thursday to the X-Men. Uh, we've been trying to go through the regular X-Men books. We we really are. I keep saying this. on We're really going to have to revisit this X-Men Red situation because people keep telling me, oh, it's so good. It's so good. I keep reading it, and I don't see it. So I'm going to need y'all to look some eyes on it, too. Yes. And tell me what I'm missing because I just don't see what people are talking about this being a good book. Mm. But we're going to give it a throwback Thursday to X-Men. Now, we've gone through kind of larger story arcs when we've been doing this through the, really the history of the show. And now we had kind of the last – what was our last big story? Inferno, I think. We, we went through Inferno, some of them, yeah. but that was the main thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took like and two and a half seasons. Through, we, we, <laughs> Yeah, we went through Dante's Inferno, getting through Inferno, and it was just—it just took us for a, a, forever to get through that circle of hell. And once <laughs> we came out through it, it was just like, oh. And then we were like, well, what's the next story there? And then it was another story that was like, man, I don't know if I want to tackle that either, because it would just be like doing a version of Inferno again. So we've kind of debated back and forth. So we settled here on a issue. Was it 258 yeah. of Uncanny mm-hmm. X-Men? Yep. Uh, Acts of Vengeance, uh, a Jim Lee drawn book, a Chris Claremont drawn book. Uh, Brother Beavis is going to take the lead because I know he's probably got a bigger history on the backstory of these books because I just read through this yeah. one, knowing that I needed to probably go back a little bit. So we had left off. Um, I, I think you know we we reached a point in the book. So this is like probably the third major X Men team. So the first one obviously is the originals. And then the second one, you have the classic X-Men team after that settles down. And so we reached a point with Inferno, which is like an eight-man team led by Storm. No originals other than the fact that Havoc's on there. But you have Storm, Rogue, Colossus, Wolverine, uh, Havoc, Longshot, Psylocke, and Dazzler, I believe. And yeah. so um, after, after, um, after Inferno, we have like people start to disappear. And so you have um, Rogue gets sucked into the Siege Perilous. Uh, shortly after that, they have an encounter where they believe Havoc has killed Storm. Spoiler alert, he didn't. Um, yeah, he did. Wolverine goes off to do Wolverine stuff. And um, Longshot just disappears. Like, there's a confusing Longshot story, and he disappears. So they get down to the point where it's just um, Psylocke, Colossus, Dazzler and Havoc and there's a side story where they go to the Savage Land and meet Zaladane who steals Polaris's powers which is why Havoc gets sucked down into there and it's really some of, it's 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 sort of like the bread and butter of season 2 of the animated series with that where the the, mm-hmm. the, the overarching story was in the Savage Land so it's sort of teasing that piece of it but when they're in the Savage Land Psylocke has a vision that they're going to get killed by the Reavers um, when they return to their base in Australia. And so she takes mental control of the team and tricks them into going into Siege Perilous. And so when they teleport back, she convinces them all that it's a good idea to, to get a fresh start, because that's, a, that's the thing, <laughs> and uh, saves them from getting murdered by the Reavers who are back in Australia, and they all go through the Siege Perilous. So the uh, one person who comes back is Wolverine, and so that whole story that I just, most of that story I just relate is just sort of this fever dream from, from Wolverine because he's been beaten and tortured and crucified. And so that's why, like, when I read this, uh, you know, when, it was, when I first got it, like, it, it didn't make any sense. 
the Siege Perilous sure. was always confusing and, and just getting to that point. Did, did, did you guys have a better grasp of it at that point than I did? I didn't eat at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even going back and kind of reading some of the stuff, you know, to my Cliff Notes versions of this, I was just like, that, wait, that happened too? And it's full Claremontian because the callbacks on stuff is taking you back, nam 30 issues in three years. Yeah. It's just like, oh, no, you have to go back and remember that. And thank goodness for the plot boxes or whatever because it can direct you directly back to whatever it is that you needed to see. But, yeah, it's a, it's a confusing backstory leading up to this point. Same, man. Yeah, I had a. I remember reading through these books originally, and I was like, saying, I remember saying to myself, "What in the fuck is going on in this damn book?" It was so much stuff, so many things uh, going on. I did get the gist of it, but uh, man, I would be lying if I had to uh, didn't say I had to go back and read it probably twice, maybe two and a half times, to get a, a little more grasp of what the hell was going on in some of these things. So one of the stories that plays out is that Jubilee, who had previously like tagged on on Ladies' Night Out and made back to the X-Men headquarters, is there, and she saves Wolverine as he's basically he's he's next to death after having escaped from the Reavers, and he's in full like Berserker fury. He's having visions of like Nick Fury and um, Carol Danvers, and he's like talking to himself. But she gets him out of there, and they escape to Madripoor. And shortly after they arrive, they get attacked by the Hand, who's led by a mysterious new assassin, Psylocke. And so we get our first taste of what happens after the Siege Perilous, and Psylocke has a confusing story that is not really told at this point, but it plays out uh, in future days. I think the whole story is there was, uh, she was... She was like this forbidden love of some dude, and she killed herself, and at that point... Uh, her body was inhabited by the spirit of Betsy Braddock, and I—I I don't know. It—it—it it, it still doesn't make any yeah. sense. Thirty-five years later, sir, it still doesn't but make. Any I've sense. always assumed Jim <laughs> Lee was like, I would love to draw an Asian female ninja, and they're like, yeah. okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> and thus Psylocke. So, I, the story is part of the um, Acts of Vengeance crossover where. I think it was organized by Loki, but basically all the villains were like, hey, we've, we generally get our asses kicked, so why don't we do that <laughs> thing that we always see where they switch up with their, their adversaries and we go fight somebody else. So I don't know if this story necessarily fits that because it seemed like the Mandarin was trying to do something else and Wolverine just happened to show up. But we get the Mandarin in the X-Men stories, which we don't normally get. And so he's trying to take control of the hand. They're trying to use their new, their new assassin. So when this story starts out... You have, uh, they're trying to brainwash Wolverine in hopes that they can uh, turn him into an assassin as well. So he's all in tubes and breathing tanks in the water, which is yeah. just like his origin story. They should have known better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Psylocke's trying to get into his mind, but he's so crazy at this point, it's affecting her and everybody's going nuts. Jubilee's all upset. Um, she gets some offense. Uh, then the Mandarin steps in and, and shuts all that shit down. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. we gotta talk about that too, um, because I think this is our our first introduction, at least on the Marvel hacks, to Jubilee. Um, I don't believe she made an appearance, and had she no, she maybe had just made her first appearances, and then that last story during the Inferno. Maybe no, she wasn't there. Right yet. after no. Inferno, they did the Ladies' Night Out, and they went to a mall yeah. with all the right. women. 
and then she followed yeah. them back through Gateway's portal, and she's been hiding out ever since. Yeah, okay. yeah, she's so, hiding out in Australia. So maybe we read the maybe I think I read the book, but then we didn't talk about it because of you know whatever we were looking to try to figure out what story to go to. Um, she's a terrible character. She always has been. She always will be. She's Asian Kitty Pride. This is Chris Claremont <laughs> being Chris mm-hmm. Claremont. Um, we didn't get a chance to ask him why that character was in there. Sandman and I asked him at MegaCon last year um, hey, why was Kitty Pride in these Asian books? Kitty Pride in like Robin's a, outfit. Exactly. Yeah, outfit. Yes, exactly. And, uh, and that was also Jim Lee. I'd like to draw Robin. Okay. And, um, okay. Go ahead. And yeah. the other thing of it, too, is, you know, he was like, oh, well, you know, I knew, uh, I think he said it was Walton Lewis Simonson had a daughter that was close to that age. And that's what he, he, you know, he based the character on her and, you know, put her in the book. And we're still suffering for that, Nam, 35 years later <laughs> uh, because of uh, their daughter. And so for whatever reason, if ever I see him at a con again, I'm going to ask him, what's the story behind Jubilee? Who do you know who had an Asian mm-hmm. kid that they adopted or whatever and put into this book? And why are we still suffering? And she's a vampire now. Right. Well, she was. She, is a she was. She now she's kid, back to normal, I guess, from what I saw. Oh, okay. yeah. She has a kid, also, I believe. She has like an adopted kid or something. Is. I don't know what that what that story is. Is it adopted? I, I think. Yeah. I don't, don't quote me. I I want to say that in the Wolverine limited series, there's a child that is somehow part of the story, and it's like somebody Mariko takes in or some shit like that. And oh I think God. that's the child that that. Jubilee ends up adopting. I don't know that to be true, but I think that's the case. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I don't need to go look on my past episodes of Maury Povich. Or, or Jubilee. Yeah. Jubilee. Like, no, you I'm are not the mother. You are not the father. <laughs> oh! <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, stupid. All right. So, yeah. Um, and then we also need to talk about this idea of. Uh, some Asian on Asian hate as the Mandarin does put the smack down on her. He calls her, I think, a mongrel. Yeah. Uh, like a Western well, whatever. Well, uh, he doesn't call her was, mongrel. He, was yeah, he said the mongrel yeah. West. The, an Asian daughter yeah. sullied by the mongrel West or some crap. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, why are you so disrespectful? Right. I mean, he really kind of laid into it uh, fairly harsh there. Uh, I thought it was like... Mm kind of touching on a line there I don't know if Chris Claremont should be writing on but I mean you know whatever 30 plus <laughs> years later it's, it's fine but I'm just saying in the in the moment I was like mm, that's it yeah I mean right. this is I mean that's sort of an interesting point like from the perspective of probably most people reading this they're all Asians but I mean the Mandarin <laughs> is Chinese and the everybody else yeah. is Japanese and and that's they they're not friends right. so nope. uh, mm-hmm. yeah so yeah but it's a. It's also a good break point because we have this side, this side X Men topic of Muir Island. We get two panels on Muir Island where we have yeah. Banshee, Forge, Maury McTaggart. Uh, I don't know if they say their names. Uh, there's two characters who are. <laughs> they were. They're from. Uh, they're from the New Mutants, and they were. Randomly changed into Native Americans in the Demon Bear Saga. Yes. Uh, I, don't, I don't. They don't even name drop them in this. Um, and we have L- Lorna Dane, who is with her power stripped, is now muscle bound and sort of mm-hmm. like makes everyone around mm-hmm. her angry. 
and multiple man is around. I don't think they show him in this. And then Legion is there. And so yes. everyone's sort of confused and there's one stuff in it. But this is all a setup for, I think, at least two stories down the road of the Muir Island saga, which gives us the original, the OG X-Men Blue and Gold. And so um, yes. mm-hmm. I, one thing for me is, like, I think this part of it makes the X-Factor story that seem to be five mm-hmm. random people thrown together. If you think about their past on Muir Island, it makes a little more sense. But, yeah, we have this side Claremont-esque topic. Yeah, and it also is the sort of the overall or the early introduction of the yellow and blue costume. Oh, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, that goes back a few issues because Forge has been wearing that as well. But, yeah, that was like the – that's sort of the – I think that stems from more of the New Mutants too. They had like their Mm -hmm. company-issued body armor, and then you could trick it out with your special leather boots if you wanted to or if, you know, if you needed some special accessories, you could work that in. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, it's. Um, do you guys watch the Legion show, or have you? I no. I have not. You know, I don't mess with that kind of the stuff. The first I season, was, no, I have not. I've heard the first it. season I really liked, and um, Aubrey Plaza is by far and away the best part of that show. Second season, I feel like I'm gonna have to watch it and then watch it again to try and understand what's going on because it's very confusing. Yeah. I, mm. I hear it, that. It's yeah. it's oh, unique. Yeah. It's worth watching. It's not like anything else you've seen. It's a fascinating take mm-hmm. on insanity. Uh, they tease the X Men mm-hmm. a little bit. It's it's worth a watch, but it's a hard watch. It, it's a it's a it's great to look at. It's a like a, a beautifully made show. It's trippy as shit, but it's hard. It's there's it's mm-hmm. hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the only real plug pull for that for me is Aubrey yeah. Plaza because you know yeah. she's kind of a chick. It's built like a dude. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know oh, I was gonna, I was gonna sneak uh, that in during the wasp right. discussion. I was gonna ask you about Evangeline Lilly. Point out she does, she does oh, have God, some pronounced yes. like cheekbones and facial features. How do you feel about that, producer? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, have you seen her? Have you seen her um, from working out for this movie or whatever she's gonna be in the movie? I'll send you a picture. Lord have mercy, yeah. she can put me in all kinds of nice. headlocks. I'm, I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> with that. So, yeah, she's fine as hell. Uh, Continue with this book as it starts to. Read. Okay, so we go back um, and we get the uh, we get back to the we're sort of on the mental plane now. Psylocke trying to to win over Wolverine. She goes through all his lovers: Jean Grey, Mariko, Yukio. He ain't buying that, so he slashes them. They end up in a fight, and she makes the mistake of using the ultimate focus of her psi powers, Never. which is her psychic knife. <laughs> <laughs> but that traps her into his psychosis and now she gets beat up by ghost Carol Danvers and Nick Fury yes. because comics um, and, and he, so he finally breaks out of his, his watery uh, tomb and, and goes berserk uh, and they sort of turn a small panel red to show that the fight's over and uh, walk in and Psylocke throws their prize down in front of Mandarin but it's a surprise because it's a trick attack, yeah, they finally won her over. Psylocke engages the Mandarin, and once again she uses the focus totality of her knife. And because uh, she wore the rings or something, so he can't use them. But anyway, they beat the Mandarin. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, a, a really kind of a standalone story that doesn't stand alone uh, because you needed to have so much information about it ahead of time. But 
a beautifully drawn book. This is Jim Lee almost at his peak powers here, folks. Um, he is leveling up uh, so much so here. I mean, to the point now, like if you see a Jim Lee book, he complete he's evolved into I don't even know what the hell it is. Yeah, like it's like oh yeah, it's really cool, but it's not the same person that we yeah. grew up loving or whatever. It's not even close. You know, call it maturity, call it something else, whatever. But this is him leading full into what is going to be his image days here. Um, as he comes through this book and this X Men book, and then leads on to you know whenever he leaves. I mean, somewhere along the way, yeah, I, I think mean, his art became like everything he drew was drawn as if it was a poster or a splash page or a cover. Yeah. And there's no right. subtlety for just a regular ass pain in a comic book that you get at this point. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he and Sylvester, who were kind of teaming up on this book at the time, you know are just so great i mean you know i mean they're just great yeah. when you look at these books i was like man wow these dudes are really awesome and you know i wonder what happened to them oh, oh yeah i know what happened they left to create own create create <laughs> their own crap to image and um <laughs> but make but make money on creator own crap you know but it's still crap you know nobody's gonna tell me that any of those books are good none of them so uh i shout out gen 13 because you suck <laughs> all right um and whatever you did at top cow you suck too so whatever, um, but but overall, like you know, like I said, this is a, a solid story. I was like, I was reading this, I was like, man, you know what? I keep having to go back to read the other books, and I'm not able to focus on what this is because it's so clear yeah. And yeah. but you know, but still, you know, a, a fairly solid, you know, story. Yeah, that's Frick the Mandarin, dude. That's the biggest knock against books in this era is you can't just. It's like Pringles. You can't just read one because it. Yeah. Because. <laughs> This story is spread out over, like you said, three years. Yeah, mm-hmm. three years. And again, we run modern comics here for probably being a little too in the moment. But this is also, you know, something that's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's a gatekeeping type thing. They're like, oh, well, did you read this issue? Well, no, because like, it came out, you know, 50 years ago. And, you know, I can't do that. Can't go back. It, you know, it's... It, you know, it becomes this thing where people are like, oh, I can't go back and read all that. You know, what what the problem is is that there's no happy medium. They've gone from one to a complete 180. Like, oh, yeah, you had to read all of these books to make sense of this story to like, yeah, you can pick this up and read it while you take a shit. And it'll be done and over with and inconsequential towards the future. Like, well, great. You know, there's no happy medium between the two. But, yeah, I, I, I would say solid uh, throwback X-Men story. But where would we go from here, brother Beavers? Because I read, I read ahead to the next issue, and I'm like, well, this don't make heads or tails of the issue we just read. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the next thing is the, um, the next big thing is the uh, uh, Genosha business, and I can't remember the name of the story. It's a, uh, it's the crossover that happens on Genosha, and it's a, it's a, it goes through the oh, mutants. Yeah, the one with Havoc. That is that the one. Yep, that's the one. Oh, I can't. The of Extinction the Agenda. That's it. Yeah. There's some stuff in uh, the Savage Land with Ro- actually. What we might do? There's uh, one of the, the the I think the first actual X Men comic I bought um, is coming up. 273 maybe no I'll figure it out that might be the next one we do just for fun okay. it was it's the okay. it's the rogue uh, rogue and magneto stuff uh, on the Savage yeah. land mm-hmm. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, because Rogue, she can get it. <laughs> Magneto created like his body as a fucking con. So, um, <laughs> if you if you go back and let, we, at one point we made our own Secret Wars teams, and I put I had the X Men mm. team, and I put Rogue on my team, and I specifically requested the Jim Lee version of Rogue. For a reason. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, no, right. Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I, I'm going to wind up scrolling through my Instagram all night and sending you pictures of like the cosplayers that I follow on there because there are so many uh, ladies and girls. I don't follow any men's cosplayers. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I'm straight. Um, There's so many women and girls, well, women on there that wrote that do rogue cosplay but out of that costume and I'm just like oh <laughs> 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 I mean I want to meet you at a con like so badly because oh my damn uh, so yeah it's mm, 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 yeah uh, yeah. be prepared for some text here coming up alright so that'll start to wrap up season 3 episode 4 of the Marvel Hacks remember you bid find this podcast on SoundCloud iTunes Stitcher Google Play rate, review, subscribe, all of that stuff that you hear. My son was, I was listening to the NBA podcast that I do with Will Stacks. I was listening to that as we were driving someplace today. He's like, why do you say that all the time? I'm like, well, because it might be the first time that somebody's ever listened to one of these podcasts. He's like, does that actually happen? I'm like, actually, yes, it does. You know, people are like, oh, it's the first time I ever listened to it. So I have to say it every single time. Hmm. But uh, yeah, please rate, review, subscribe. We got a lot of feedback on our last issue, uh, our episode. Again, we were being negative nerds, and we knew it. Like, I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you heard us say it. Like, man, we are really killing everything tonight. Uh, but this week, you know, much better books, at least on my opinion. And as we start to get into this Marvel refresh, you know, we still got a couple of episodes left this season where we're going to have to go through Thor's refresh and Captain America's refresh. Uh, Iron Man's refreshing, you know, issue 600 was complete fuckery. <laughs> um, and Spider-Man was, 800 is It was well. the new butt cheeks. Complete. It was the new butt cheek. I, I did I send y'all that, um, did I send y'all that tweet that somebody sent me? Uh-huh. I don't think I did. It was last night. Somebody sent me a tweet. He was like, why do you keep referring to things as butt cheeks? Because butt cheeks I was like, you know what? Uh, you're right. And we got to come up with something yeah, else. Come so I, yeah, I, I came through late last night. I'm sitting there reading it, and I'm dying in the bed. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's, I was like, yeah, we, we, we did discuss that as well. But I need to come up with something else. So, yes, pure fuckery is what some of these uh, Invincible Iron Man and Amazing Spider-Man 800 were. So, but we're going to have to go through their refresh as they get, you know, new writers, new artists, and uh, we'll see what the bouncing off is. But, yeah. All right, so that'll wrap it up. Uh, the X Men, the animated series, will play us out. Uh, I am the producer of this podcast. You'll be able to find me on uh, what's that? Google, right? Nope. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Brothers Comics. P R O T H A S C O M I C S. You can find me there. Sandman, where can they find you? You can always find me on Sandman four one five on the Twitters, and uh, never mind the Facebook. That thing is all messed up. It's all good. And the Brother Beavers is in the ether. And so at that point, man, we're going to put, um, we're going to start a, um, uh, a Patreon. I don't know what that is. 
Uh, we're going to start uh, something to find Big Hot. Uh, we're going to put him on milk cartons, <laughs> um, something to try to get him back on the podcast because he's just, you know. He's in the ether. He's ducking us. I, I, I feel, <laughs> yeah, he is in the ether, but I feel like he's ducking I think us. he's got a ring he's trying to throw into Mount Doom or something. Man, I, I'm starting to think he's got another podcast. Right. With the man, wouldn't, that he think, right, wouldn't that be some bullshit? <laughs> that would be some bullshit. Yeah, here talking about freaking the new Dazzler book. He's probably reviewing that new Dazzler that came out today. Uh, we didn't review it tonight because, you know, Hush didn't ask. Because there's a podcast out there somewhere that reviewed Dazzler. <laughs> There's somebody, somebody who he's guessing on on their podcast. On number one, so that's that's what we're gonna say. You know, again, don't come on. You're gonna get clapped. All right, so that'll wrap us up as um, the X Men play us out. Uh, Sandman, say good night. Sayonara, people. We will see you next week. Brother Beavis, say good night. All right, we'll see you guys on the other side. Peace. Peace. Yeah. Yeah.